0: Warning, Damian Andrews' growing revenue and profit, if implemented, will put more money in your pocket. Please use with caution. Welcome to Damian Andrews Growing Revenue and Profit with international speaker and revenue and growth specialist, Damian Andrews. This is your source for practical, usable, and simple action steps that you can do every day to put more money in your pocket. And now, the host of Damian Andrews Growing Revenue and Profit, Damian Andrews. And the crowd cheers wildly to the trumpeting blasts of elephants sliding through the eyes of needles. This is Damien Andrews growing revenue and profit, the program that deals with all things that put more money in your pocket. This is the show that handles your revenue riddles, profit puzzles, operational oddities and culture conundrums. I am the one, the only Damien Andrews and today we are talking about the power of consistency. Now the late Jim Rohn, successful entrepreneur and author said, success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequence of constantly applying basic fundamentals. And this is a pet peeve of mine. And I really get annoyed when people say that success is hard. Um, Some even argue with me about this. And I think of, um, I just smile and think of (laughs) Mark Twain who said, Never argue with an idiot. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. But if you don't believe Jim Rohn, then what about leadership guru, John Maxwell? Discipline, small disciplines, he said, repeated with consistency Consistency every day lead to great achievements gained slowly over time. Now, I'm going to be a little bit harsh in this podcast because all too often people are politically correct and they say the nice thing and it's not your fault and, you know, there's this or that that got in your way. Well, no, if your life sucks in any way, in any area, it's because you haven't consistently done the simple and easy things that you needed to do. And on the reverse side, what you've consistently done is things that lead to your overall life's suckiness. Is that a word? Suckiness? I'm not sure. We're gonna use that word suckiness. If your life sucks and is um, suffering from suckiness, it is because you've consistently done things that have led to that. The reality is, if you're unfit, it's because you haven't consistently done some exercise. Now, some people will say, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym and, you know, You don't need to spend hours in the gym to get fit. Uh, There was a period in my life, I was really unfit. I hadn't exercised for probably, it was about two years, roughly. And then just before winter started, about two months before winter started, I discovered some core strength exercises, And they're just very, very basic core strength exercises. And what it would take would probably, took me about, well, it was about six or seven minutes to do that, exercise routine every morning. And I did. I did it most mornings. I won't say every morning because I didn't do it every morning. I did it most mornings. Um, And I deliberately set it up that way because then if I missed a day, I wouldn't be a failure and I wouldn't feel a failure. So I did this core strength six minute to six to seven minute exercise for uh, about two months. That was the only exercise I did. Nothing else didn't do any aerobics or anything like that. And then we had uh, the, the school, uh, my stepdaughters had school um, ski sports, and we went away for the weekend and went skiing. And now I enjoy skiing a lot. And as I said, I hadn't exercised you know, for about two years, except for doing this core strength exercise routine for five or six, six or seven minutes a day for two months. And I skied all day. Didn't get tired, didn't feel tired. Uh, I was up late at night, we went out and had a dinner party and then we talked late. Got up early the next day and I skied all day again um, and didn't feel tired. And that was from doing six to seven minutes of core strength exercise. So if you're, but I was consistently doing it. I was doing it, I said most days, not every day, but pretty much um, it was around six days a week, six to seven minutes, um, six days a week. That's not hard to do. So that was consistent exercise. to to get fit, same token, if you're overweight, it's because you're consistently putting more food and drink into your mouth than you need to. And it's more than likely you're not eating good food. And again, I can relate to that. I mean, I've done that. I used to weigh around 110 kilograms. Uh, I'm quite tall, so I kind of hide it a little bit well, but I was quite, um, quite large. Uh, And I said I weighed 110 kilos and I really noticed this uh, when I was skiing, uh, we were in Switzerland one year skiing, and my legs were burning because I was carrying so much weight and was going down the hills, and, and I was really, really tired. Um, you know, halfway through the day, I just didn't have, my legs were so sore because I was carrying so much weight. Even though I was, I think I was reasonably fit back then, but either way, my legs were really sore. Now... I did over the next 12 months, I made a choice after that ski trip that it was um, time for me to do something about that. And I didn't change my exercise routine. I think I I said I was reasonably fit and I was doing a bit of exercise, but not a great amount at at that point in time. What I did do though, was I just basically halved the amount of food I ate and I ate better quality food as well. Uh, And my um, weight just dropped. So, I went down to about 80, I think it was about 86 kilograms. So, you know, I've gone from 110 kilograms to 86 kilograms. Um, so, that's a big shift in weight. And then the following year, we're back um, skiing in Switzerland again. And I could ski, you know, down the hill. I I just didn't feel it in my legs anymore. So, my exercise routine hadn't changed. I'd just eaten less, consistently eaten less. Uh, and I lost a lot of weight. Um, the other thing is, you know, people say, you know, oh, with the weight side of things, you know, oh, you know they, they'll say, oh, well, it's hard to lose weight because there's so many ads out there. And well, again, said so I'm going to be a little bit harsh in this um, podcast, because if you're being influenced by ads um, to eat, then that's really just weak. You know, you, you don't have the strength of character to say no to food to an ad. The thing is, if you don't have that strength of character, then you've really got little hope of being successful. Success is about this consistency. It's about having that discipline. It's not about having all these wonderful talents. It doesn't take a lot of skill to be successful. There's a lot of really successful people that are not highly skilled what they've got and, and what they've done is it consistently. So take responsibility in that regard. If you're not doing you know the thing you need to do, take that responsibility and move forward. I mean, if you're having trouble financially, it's because you haven't consistently done what you need to do to be financially secure. Uh, more likely, and I again, I can relate to this, you spend more than you earn. I mean, I I think I have a PhD in this at one point in my life, if you want to put it that way, that's how bad I was at it. when I was much younger, a lot younger, uh, there was a girl I really liked and I, I wanted to impress her. And so I spent all this money to impress her. She was a huge um, a Stevie Wonder fan and Stevie Wonder happened to be coming out and I bought these premium tickets so we could sit right up front. We are sitting on a table um, we are actually next to some other celebrities and, you know, it was a great night. It cost me a fortune. Uh, I also bought a new car to impress her and I spent all this money. The thing was, she wasn't interested in... Um, in, in a relationship, she just wanted to be friends. Uh, so I can, you know, the reason and that, you know, put me in a difficult financial position because I was consistently doing the wrong things with money. If you want to have money, then you need to do the right thing. It's pretty simple. Spend less than you earn. It's it's um the, the instructions are simple. You just need to consistently do it. Uh, so. If you want your life to be great, you really need to implement the consistency in doing the things that will make your life great. And these actions are not hard. They are easy, they are easy, and they're simple. You just need to do them consistently. Consistently. So all those, um, when you're looking out in the world, if you are looking out in the world and you're looking at envy at some people that are really successful, most are not working that hard. They're just doing the right things and the right actions consistently. Consistency is especially, and this is if you're in business, consistency is especially important in business. Customers expect the same standards. This is why franchises work. I mean, there's reams and reams of documentation on why franchises work, because people expect the same thing when they go there and they know with a franchise, no matter where they go in the world, they're gonna get the same result. the last thing that people want is to be surprised. So they want that predictability. And again, I I relate to this from one of my favorite restaurants. I've been going there for 20 years. It's a Romeo's in Turak. Now, the menu in that restaurant has not changed in the past 20 years, it's exactly not only has it not changed to what's on the menu, the way it's printed out, the folders that are in um, I'm sure they've updated the actual the leather bound folders that they've got, but they're exactly the same as they were. Uh, instead, the menus, the prices have changed. <laughs> the, the prices have certainly matched um, you know, inflation, but that what's on the menu has not changed. Now, this restaurant is always busy. It's always got a lot of clientele in there. I've been going there for 20 years and there's so many other people, no doubt, have been doing something probably for a lot longer. Um, And the owner, I know the owner quite well, George. Um, He's a bit like me. He has um, a little bit less hair on, on top now today than when we first knew each other, but He delivers the same smile, the same warm welcome whenever you go into the restaurant. He has that that same persona that brings people in. And there's always the same, or different people, but there's always greeters at the door that open the door for you that come in. It's exactly the same as it was 20 years ago. So, and it doesn't matter what business you're involved with. Um, the more successful I've been involved with a lot of businesses and helped a lot of businesses and the more successful ones are the ones that deliver consistent results they operate in a specific area that they're known for they deliver consistent results in a consistent manner and consistency is not just important in business as well it's also important in your behavior Uh, if you're a leader if you're a boss, if you're an owner of a company, then you need to more consistent behaviour. The more consistent you are in your behaviour and your attitude, the easier it is to succeed. I mean, managers and leaders they must be consistent in their behaviour and their attitude. This sets it sets the example for the employees, um, and it also helps them with you know, feel comfortable as well because they know what to expect, they know what they're going to get, and so they can they feel more comfortable and they can flourish a bit more as, as employees. And, and if you're not consistent, well, you waste a lot of time because people are not sure what to expect. So they don't know, what do I do there? And then they worry about that. People get concerned about, you know, are they doing the right thing? And then and without that consistency, without building that trust of what's going to happen, then it becomes really difficult to succeed. Now, some people will say that doing consistent things um, can be more well, boring <laughs> so and uh, that's why it's hard <laughs> you yeah, know again that hard word which I, I really don't like this this hard word is not hard um but they say oh, it's boring it gets boring doing the same thing over and over again um and that's really because you're not looking for ways to make it exciting um i think that's just an excuse of being lazy again i mean i apologize but you know a little bit apologised, mostly I'm not apologising because this is the reality. This is what, if you're having trouble, you need that wake up call. And sometimes it does take that, hey, wake up. This is not, stop looking outside, be, do the right thing, it's not hard. Um, but if you find mundane tasks boring, it's because you haven't gone to the effort to find what um, makes it exciting. Now, one of uh, my manufacturing clients that I've had in the past, uh, they had a lot of repetitive tasks in the inspecting of the materials that have been delivered and, and installed on site. Now, the inspection themselves it, it was pretty mundane. You know, we'd go in there and check that this has been done properly, check that that's been done properly, go through the form, tick it off. You know, if you're doing that inspection over and over again, just like that, of course it's gonna get boring. Now, so what we did, I come up with this procedure and I put in place when they're doing the inspection, they were to create, we created another report. So they had the inspection report that they needed to complete. We came came up with another report to look at the circumstances around that and go, well, how do we do this better next time? And so they had to think about this. So not only was it a way of making that mundane job more exciting, but it became helpful for the business to innovate and move forward. Uh, so that it became a lessons learned type thing. But it wasn't just, you know, they fill out the report. They then had to present to everybody else in the the weekly improvement meetings going, well, okay, this is what I found on this job and how we could make it better. Or this is an issue that I found. Let's talk about how to resolve it. So it became a more important role. It wasn't just a mundane task of ticking the box and making sure it had been installed properly. It became a fundamental part of how to operate, um, how the business would operate more effectively. and And that's you know, what you can do to, f- to do things consistently. So they still had to do the inspections, but they we did it in a way that made it more exciting. Um, and because it stimulated the creative part of the brain. So the inspector's mind was doing something uh, more exciting. So if there's a mundane task, think about that, how to make that more exciting. I mean, all jobs um, can have a certain element of excitement to them if you want to think outside the box, um, But more importantly, when you do, you create an opportunity to provide increased service and increased value. Now, another great example, if we're going to talk about consistency in business success, uh, is that of um, Coca-Cola. When, I mean, most people know of Coca-Cola drinks um, and enjoyment and happiness never go out of style and it translates into all cultures. Coke has consistently run Enjoy a Coke ad for many campaigns, for many, 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 many years. Uh, And then it started its Share a Coke campaign. So we're talking about, you know, connecting with others, enjoyment. That was that campaign was introduced introduced in Australia. And now it's successfully been expanded to over 50 countries. I mean, this is uh, why is, is Coke such a dominant success? Because, I mean, when you think about Coke too, when we look at their logo, I mean, their brand, their you know, their image has not changed for how long? Forever, really, since it's begun. It's pretty much had the same image um, and the same approach. So it's consistently delivered that same message of joy and happiness connected with its product, with the same logo, and as that is the foundation for why it's so successful. So. Being consistent is vitally important to you and to your business. It allows you to establish awareness, build trust, and deliver your services efficiently and profitably. So consistency in your life and your business is one of the most important things that you can do. It's just, it's vitally important. You need to really focus on this consistency. It's far more important um, than many people will give it credit. And this is why many people struggle to succeed. They're jumping all over the place. They're going, Oh, I want to do this. And they've got this new fad and move to the next fad and the next fad. That's not how you succeed. Success comes from being consistent. And being consistent allows you to establish that awareness, to build that trust, to d- deliver your services profitably and efficiently. Um, without it, your business and your life becomes more of a struggle. Um, it becomes a struggle to succeed. So focus on that. I said, I know I've been a bit harsh in this this opening. I'll, I'll, I'll soften up a little bit as we go forward. But really, success is not hard. You just need to do the right consistent things and success will come to you. Let's take a break and we'll be back shortly. Are you looking for an inspiring speaker with a different take on how to achieve success? I've spoken to audiences all around the world, showing them how procrastination doesn't exist, how there are no positive or negative events and that thinking that way can severely slow your success. Also, how to tap into your body's serotonin and dopamine to increase your own and your team's performance. And most of all, how to be happy every day, no matter what happens. If any of this is beneficial to you or your organization, contact me at ask at Damien to learn how you can engage me to speak at your next event. Hello and welcome back. So let's move on to the news. The news article I've got for you today uh, is about the upcoming Stephen King movies and Stephen King TV series and miniseries. And there's much more coming out. There's certain authors um, that Hollywood just can't get enough of. And one of those is Stephen King. Now Stephen King has obviously been around for a long time. It says, uh, sure, it helps that the guy is one of the most prolific writers in the last 50 years. Well, constantly putting out novels there you go novellas and short stories so he's constantly been putting out novels for the past 50 years Um, but the reality is filmmakers never seem to tire of King's particular voice and storytelling Um, not even counting the TV shows and miniseries there are more than 40 King adaptions that have been released over the years and there are more set to come out in the next few years. Now, uh, part of this uh, reason this article stood out for me a little bit was because um, I have a personal connection with Stephen King stories. Um, uh, From time to time, I've floated in and out of um, acting and television and and in 2006, I was actually cast as a construction worker in an adaption of Stephen King's short story, The Road Virus Heads North, which is part of the Nightmares and Dreamscapes series that was filmed. And I got to hang out with Tom Berenger, and um, I was supposed to, I remember on set, I was supposed to be this dirty construction worker. And the makeup just didn't work. And, and I just simply got on the ground and rolled around in the dirt. And, and that kind of made me look dirty. So they're happy with that. And then um, it was a lot of fun to, to hang out uh, on that set. So that's where I kind of connected with that. But I mean, coming back to this this article of, of consistency, I mean, it, some of the movies that have been released so far, uh, coming back to you know, Carrie, The Shining, Creepshow, Cujo, The Dead Zone, Christine, Children of the Corn, Firestarter, Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, Maximum Overdrive, that was a f- um, one of my fun, um, favorite movies from the 80s was um, Maximum Overdrive about these these machines that come alive and start attacking people, um, Stand By Me, Creepshow 2, Pet Cemetery, Running Man, um, remember that, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, here's Sub-Zero, now nah, I'll play in Zero. Um, but the interesting thing with that, when we talk about consistency as well, is that Stephen King originally, um, at the beginning of his career, he wanted to release more books. And around that time, they had the view that you could only release one book a year. So he actually uh, released books under a pseudonym by the name of Richard Bachman, and that was at the beginning of the career. So, so therefore, um, he was, you know, he. What he wanted to do was, the, I mean, the, the publishers didn't want to oversaturate the brand. So he, he convinced them that he could release the books, and, uh, further books under that pseudonym of Richard Buckman. Um, and the interesting thing is, with that is that the difference in the selling of the books. Now, Stephen King books, for example, well, the Richard Buckman book first was released. One of the first books was, um, was Thinner. Uh, actually, so I'm not sure if it's one of those books, but it was released in 1984, and it only sold uh, 28,000 copies. Then it was later released under the name of Stephen King, and it sold 10 times that. So nearly 300,000 copies under the different name. And that's that consistency, again, of of the brand. You had Richard Bachman, same person as Stephen King, because it was the same guy, writing the books. One sells significantly more of exactly the same product. Uh, and that's where that, that link, it was interesting how that link come up, uh, got found was, um, uh, a, uh, there's a book owner by a book owning, uh, bookstore clerk by the name of Stephen Brown. And he noticed the similarities between the writing style of Stephen King and, and Richard Bachman and he, um, he contacted Stephen King who explained that. and, And I think Stephen King was at the point where he wanted to, to let go of the Richard Buckman character. So he said, okay, you know, why don't you contact me about it? We'll get an interview. And, and that, um, uh, Will write an article about it, and then from that he got an interview, and and it became uh, known that um, yeah, that it was, you know, it was the Richard Buckman books were Stephen King books, uh, and Richard Buckman, as Stephen King uh, wrote, uh, revealed he suddenly died in 1985 of cancer of the pseudonym, a rare form of schizophrenia. That's on his um, Richard Buckman's profile. So. From that perspective too, if we're looking forward, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other books still coming out by Stephen King. I mean, you've got the Boogeyman, uh, not books, movies, adaptions of the books. uh, The Boogeyman, Breathing Method, Dark Huff, again, Firestar again, uh, and and the list goes on. Talesman, Throttle, Tommyknockers. Now, Stephen King, at age 20, sold his first short story, The Glass Four. He's currently 73, and he's still writing books, Uh, his book, later is due to come out in 2021 so that's uh, you know um, was at 50 53 years he's been he's actually paid been paid to um, for writing books you know he no doubt was writing before that he didn't just suddenly write a book and it was um, it was published and in that time where he's actually you know from age 20 to age 73 he's written at least 87 books plus over 200 short stories now let's um, talk about his writing style and approach now Stephen King he has given his formula for writing um, learning to write well and what he said is he said read and write for four to six hours a day and if you can't not cannot find time for that then you can't expect to be a good writer so simple as that. He said, read and write. That's, this is the instructions, the simple instructions consistently read and write four to six hours a day. It's as simple as that. How, how that is not a difficult instruction to follow. Um, Stephen King personally sets a a daily quota of writing 2000 words and he won't stop until it's met. So let's do the maths on that. So he started writing, um, 2000 words a day when he let's say he was 18 when he started that because he first published book was you know in um, short story sorry was in when he was 20 but let's say he practiced a little bit before that so let's say 18 he's 73 now so that's 55 years which is 20,075 days so that's just over 4 million words um, in his writing career that he's he's written now now that sounds pretty daunting but is it And I think about that from that perspective. I mean, I, when I was in school, I, I nearly failed English. I think I I got an E, uh, for English. And I think that was just because the teacher, um, took pity on me. so to say that I was a good writer, um, is, was not the case. I certainly had difficulty spelling, um, and I struggled a bit. So, but today, um, I'll do three posts a day, which can easily equate to three, uh, to 500 words. Uh, about 150 words a a post depending on what they are uh the scripts for this podcast that you're listening to um that i write is between five and and seven thousand words and i know that's done on a a weekly basis uh that and and articles that i write usually between you know four and um uh, three and four thousand words uh plus um is part of what i do for business every day that this is just just for things for social media and, and podcasts and publishing. So that's separate. Um, I write a huge amount of letters and reports as well. Um, so the point I'm getting at is that it's actually not that hard to write 2000 words in six hours. It's not hard at all. You just need to consistently do it. Um, maybe you're saying, well, I, I don't know how to write that or I'll suffer mental blanks and well, having a mental blank is not an ability to write. If you just started writing things out that you could see around you, you know, as you look around, go, oh, now I'm sitting here. That tree is moving and there's a bird flying over there. Um, You could do that, but that's just random writing. You could I mean, from that, you could easily write 2000 words in six hours, but you could also take the advice of Stephen King on how he writes. So he said, write simple instruction, write four to um, for four to six hours a day. But he also said he usually begins his story creation by imagining a what-if scenario. So here's an instruction, simple instruction. Imagine a what-if scenario. And the example he gave was, well, what would happen if a writer is kidnapped by a sadistic nurse in Colorado? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's not like that's a hard instruction. Write for four to six hours a day, start with a what-if scenario, and away you go. And there, you, there you've got your topic. Um, so the point here is again, it's not that that instruction is hard. What it is is about is that consistency. When he's written four million words in his career, as we worked through before, when I look at his books, I mean, Carrie was sixty-one thousand words. Salem's Lot, one hundred. Fifty-two, *The Shining*, one hundred fifty-six thousand words. *The Stand* was four hundred seventy-one. That was a big book. Uh, *Dark Tower*, fifty-six thousand words. *Pet cemetery one hundred forty-two thousand. Um, *It* was forty-four, uh, four hundred forty-five thousand uh, dollars and on writing was $79,000. So on average, taking those 10, ten novels into account, that's um, 156,000 per novel. Now I haven't gone through all these novels to work out where that is, but let's, ta- let's say um, it's 156,000 words per novel. Right, and that's in line with the Harry Potter books, which were the first one was 77,000 words. Uh, the last was 198,000 words. Um, and J.K. Rowling also writes for six hours a day. But let's say, coming back to Stephen King, there's 87 novels, uh, 56,000 words per novel. So that's 13,000, uh, 13 million words, 13 and a half million words uh, in total for his novels. Well, let's look at the short stories. There's, you know, the short stories between 5 and 10,000 words. So let's say 10,000, let's go on the, the big side. Um, at 200 short stories, that's 2 million words. So we're up to 15 million words, but he's written, as we calculated before, 40 million words. So, but let's compare Stephen King to other famous writers Ernest Hemingway, he wrote 500 words a day, Jack London, 1,500 words a day, T- uh, Tom Wolfe, um, 135, yeah, 135 words a day, which is, no Mark Twain, 1,400 words a day. You know, there's a whole list. Michael Crichton, he probably tops the top of the list at, you know, 10,000 words a day, but, you know, he's a doctor, so maybe that had some influence on on his ability to write. Anne Rice with the vampire books um, uh, is um, 3,000 words a day. So they've all got this consistent pattern of, of, of writing there. That, and that's what the, the difference is. So when we're looking at our, um, our news article and connecting that to what this podcast is about, really, when you look at, at Stephen King, massive, massively successful author. But was what he did difficult? He wrote four to six that well, he writes for six hours a day he makes sure he writes two thousand words a day minimum two thousand words a day consistently every day so every day he writes two thousand words a day and doesn't stop until he's finished and he starts with a what if scenario what if this happened and then he writes about that now that's not difficult instruction the reason he's so successful is he's done that for 50 as we well published work paid published work for 53 years. Of course, you're going to build that consistent. You're going to build that level of success by being consistent. So no matter what you do, what area you operate in, if you do it consistently, you'll be successful. It's as simple as that. Anyway, we'll have a, a break and we'll be back after that break. For me, it's always been important to give back and help others, which is why I've made education material available for free at DamienAndrews.com. You can learn the skills of how to be a great leader, or how to be more innovative, how to be a great presenter, how to hold effective meetings, how to get pay rises and keep getting pay rises, learn to remember names and faces, and build your confidence. Plus, there's much more. Just visit damianandrews.com and go to the media page. You'll get instant access. And remember to help someone else as well by sharing the material with them. Always remember, it's not what you get in life that makes a difference, but what you give. Visit damianandrews.com to access this information. Hello and welcome back. And now we're going to move on to our inspiring person. Who am I? I was born in Manhattan, the younger brother and older sister. My father is an actor and a filmmaker. And my mother was an actress who appeared in my dad's films. As a child, I was surrounded by drugs. My father, a drug addict, allowed me to use marijuana at age six, an incident which my father later regretted. Drugs became an emotional bond between myself and my father. When my dad and I would do drugs together, it was like he was trying to express his love for me um, in the only way he knew how. Eventually, I began, began spending every night abusing alcohol and drugs, and I'd make a thousand calls in pursuit of drugs. During my childhood, I had minor roles in my father's films, and I made my acting debut at age five by playing a sick puppy in a comedy. At age 10, I was living in England and I studied classic ballet as part of a larger curriculum. I hope you, I mean, you're noticing in here when we're talking about this, who am I? There's a consistent pattern here. Just, just pay attention as we're going through that. Um, so he's been in London studying classical ballet. Uh, Who am I? I've given that away a little bit because I've told you the sex. So um, back at New York State as a teenager, I attended uh, the Stage Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Training Center. When my parents divorced in 1978, I moved to California with my father. But in 1982, I dropped out of the Santa Monica High School and I moved back to New York to pursue an acting career full time. Again, consistent, age six, started acting. Now we're in 1982 and still acting. I was roommates with Kiefer Sullivan for three years when I first moved to Hollywood um, to pursue my acting career. So consistent there. From 1983 to 1995, I started to get critical acclaim for my work. So um, uh, that is starting to pay off. Obviously, there's a lot of work gone into that. I put a lot of work into preparing for my roles, including one example. Uh, I'd learned to play the violin and also tennis left-handed. And in this period, I also earned an Academy Award nomination. Things changed rapidly between 1996 and 2001. I was arrested numerous times on charges relating to drugs, including cocaine, heroin, and marijuana. And I went through drug treatment programs unsuccessfully, explaining in 1999 to a judge, it's like I have a shotgun in my mouth and I've got my finger on the trigger and I like the taste of gun metal. I explained my relapses by claiming that I've been addicted to drugs since the age of eight, due to the fact that my father, also an addict, previously had been giving them to me. I was unable to play key roles with great directors because I was unable to get insurance bond for the films, which was really disheartening because there was a number of great roles that I could have done and uh, I had to miss out on that. I was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder. In this period, I also lost many relationships due to my drug addiction. I flatly denied being a depressed or I flatly denied being depressed or manic and that my previous attempts to diagnose and the previous attempts to diagnose me with any kind of psychiatric or mood disorder were always been skewed because the guy that I was seeing didn't know I was smoking crack in the bathroom and you can't make a diagnosis until somebody is sober. Now I have been drug free since and. Three, drug three, drug free. (laughs) I've been drug free since 2003. Uh, And I credit my wife for helping me overcome my drug and alcohol habits, along with my family, therapy, meditation, 12 step recovery programs, yoga, and the practice of Wing Chun Kung Fu. I got my first post uh, rehabilitation acting job, lip syncing in a video um, of Elton John's single, I Want Love. Now, this is interesting. Someone that's nominated or was nominated for an Academy Award is now down to lip-syncing for a, um, for a, a music video, now, which is interesting that they took that step. They wanted to get that consistency, wanted to come back and, and make a comeback. My friend Mel Gibson helped me return to the big screen by paying my insurance bond for a feature film. It was also a big gamble for Gibson. Plus, the film producer withheld 40% of my salary until after the production wrapped as insurance insurance against my addictive behaviour. I've maintained my sobriety and continued to get more film roles, building my reputation back up again and critical success started to roll in. But I hadn't appeared in any blockbuster films yet. That all changed in 2008, when I was cast as a Marvel superhero, a role that I repeated several times. Then later, I was cast as one of the best known detectives uh, um, in another role that I repeated. Those roles being Iron Man's Tony Stark and Sherlock Holmes. And I am, of course, Robert Downey Jr. Now, this is an interesting story when you look at it. Here we've got someone who, from a very early age, was very consistent in what they did. I mean, I mean, obviously he had that connection to acting through his father and his mother. And that's what he's done consistently all the way through. Now, there's obviously the consistency of the drugs as well. So it's a combination there. You look at that if you if you look at those behaviors, he's got consistent acting all the way through and he's done that very well. And he's also got consistent drug use all the way through. And he did that very well, too, until he realized it was a, a destructive behavior and he sought help about that and and resolve that. So it's I think that's a really really good example of of consistency in one person consistency leading to great success and also a great downfall. But again having that courage to work through that behave consistently do what they need to do. I mean you, again you went, when he went through there where I mean he was nominated for an Academy Award and then not long after that he's lip syncing for a music video. I mean, that they're, they're very different things. And it takes a lot of um, a lot of control of your ego to, to accept that, to humble yourself and to move forward from there. And that step, the process that he went through from recovering from that drugs was, there's a lot of steps there. It wasn't just all of a sudden is a lot of success. There was a lot of work, a lot of things that had to be done. And he did it consistently. And now, He's the Tony Stark that we all know. Well, I'm assuming we all know and love. I certainly enjoy uh, a good Iron Man movie, and um, just really want you to think about that again. The from a, a success point of view, it wasn't that you know maybe he does have a natural talent. Maybe don't know, but he certainly did the what he needed to do. The same actions, the consistent actions all the way through from when he was very young, all the way through to now where he focused on, you know, now, now he's known as Iron Man and, and Sherlock Holmes. So it's consistent behavior. That leads to success. You don't have to be. It's not hard. You don't have to be highly skilled. Um, certainly, if you're working in the area of being a doctor or something like that, of course, you know the high skill really is is requirement. <laughs> certainly, if I was getting operated on, I want my doctor to be highly skilled. But the point here is to be consistent. Choose what you want to do, and be consistent in working towards that. So there's our inspiring person today, Robert Downey Jr, someone that suffered with drugs for most of his early life, was very successful, crashed and burned, and then came back up by being consistent. He suffered because he was being consistent in the use of drugs, and then he jumped back up to success by being consistent in following uh, his sobriety and also to his film career. Okay, we're going to have another break and I'll see you on the other side of that. Large companies pay a lot of money to make continuous improvements so their revenue and profit grows. Now, I've developed many of the tools that these companies use and I've seen how much money they spend to get access to these valuable resources. Now, not everyone has the same high budget as these organisations, but I wanted to make a more economical version of this material available to you. So I created Baby Dragons. This is for people whose budget doesn't extend to $100,000 for the Breathing Fire program. Baby Dragons gives you all the fundamentals so you can immediately increase your revenue and profit. You and no more than five others will get one full day with me and then one-on-one support for the following three months. Now, Baby Dragons is for people who are serious about increasing their revenue and profit, but may not have the big budget of large organisations. There are no set dates. If it's right for you, I'll schedule my time around your needs. Baby Dragons costs $2,000 US. And if you'd like to learn more, email me at ask at Hello and welcome back. And we are now in the question time and Marlene writes, she says, I'm really struggling to make success happen. I read lots of books, listen to many audio tapes. I attend many seminars on business and personal improvement. Each day I'm learning new information. There is so much to absorb and I'm feeling overwhelmed. I struggle to put this information into action. I work really hard, feel tired. I get up, try it again. And I don't know how much longer I can keep this up until I succeed. Well, Marlene, yes, that's <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> Thank you for writing in a great question. And yeah, I, I relate to that, too. I mean, I've done that. I mean, I had a massive, massive library um, filled, you know, full of books. It was it covered a complete wall and it was filled with all these motivational books and I would fly across the country to attend seminars and I would listen to audio tapes until this is when they had audio tapes. Um, I'm showing my age here a little bit. Uh, the, the audio tapes I would listen to until they actually wore out. Um, I spent a lot of time networking uh, I was this dy- dynamo of energy and, um, all that action, all that action I was doing wasn't translating into the success I felt I deserved. Now, I was lucky, I think. Well, I'd say I was lucky. Um, maybe I put myself in that situation. Actually, I'm going to go with the latter. Um, I did put myself in situations to get to know successful people and I become friends with some and, and got invited to their home. And what was interesting is not the, you know, the, the rah-rah uh, social media type success people that you might see, but it's interesting. A lot of these people that I got to know were highly successful, but they weren't that big on publicity. And what I found most interesting was when I went to their homes, um, their libraries were small. If, if existent at all they didn't have you know you listen to the, the the success gurus and they'll talk about you know you've got to read all these books and uh these and, and how successful people they constantly read and um they didn't have all these books on the shelf of how to be and, and that to me that really stood out it was like what what's that doesn't make sense you've got this massively successful business um yet you don't have all these different success books and things like that and What I learned was that they were highly focused. Um, A friend of mine, um, wonderful guy, uh, he owns a tile shop. Now, he started, uh, similar to Robert Downey Jr., actually started working with his dad. His father owned a tile shop. And then he left the business um, when he was, I think he was 19, he said, he left his father's business to start his own tile business in competition with his father. Now, this um, gentleman, Frank, He's, um, he's here, he's nearly 80 now. So from, yeah, from 19, and he was working in the tile shop, his dad's tile shop before then. So, you know, this is like 60 years. Now he knows a lot about tiles. I mean, I know, I mean, he knows, especially discount tiles, because that's where his business operates. And he has stores all um, around Australia uh, that discount tiles. Mm. Um, So and he does, I mean, he knows a little bit about expensive tiles, but not not that much. I mean, his focus is on discount tiles and that's what he knows. Um, And that's what he built his business around was the discount tiles. And and on top of that, I mean, his business only operates, only advertises on radio. He was highly focused. He built his reputation about that. he's, He's very well known. Um, For those of you listening in Australia, it's Frank Walker of National Tiles, and he's very well known for his radio ads, but he only advertises in radio. Um, And this is really important to think about when you're you're struggling with all these different things, because that's what I I struggle with. And it was I I was reading all these different things and and studying all these different books. And um, I wasn't really applying much of it, to be honest, I was getting lots of information and knowledge. And and I know today when I I listen to a book or something, I'll listen to it over and over again. um, And then I'll pick one thing and I'll focus on that. And so I I really think you need to, if you're struggling is to be a specialist, focus on on what it is that you want to do and how you're going to to help and give back. Um, Be a specialist in that area and and continue continue to build your reputation in that area. Don't worry about all the other stuff and focus on the clients that you um, that you will actually that are beneficial for you don't try and service everybody that's it's a, a waste of time um, be consistent in focusing on the key clients that are going to help you and also be realistic in your time frame as well um and a lot of people you know there's this there's this illusion out there that you know there, there's a sudden success but it's not there's not the sudden success there's people that have been consistent in what they've done over time like Stephen King writing for, you know, fifty odd years. Um, my friend Frank writing, you know, uh, not writing, selling tiles for, you know, sixty years. Um, you need to take the time to, and you need to be prepared for that. So, I think what you need to do, Marlene, is is just just step back a little bit. You know, just take that time to focus. Take take a bit of time out from from reading and and listening to audio and going to seminars and. And just isolate uh, what you want to do, and, and can we cover that off in um, in my Breathing Fire program, and also in Baby Dragons, to really focus on on what you what you want to achieve. And it's really important to do to um, to stay focused. And, and anything that really is not serving you a lot, step away from. Just just step back, because it, it's going to tire you out. I know I, I've done it. Um, you know, just focus on what's really important. So hopefully that helps. And. Um, If you do have a question about growing your revenue and profit uh, that you'd like answered on this show, uh, you can email it to ask at damianandrews.com. That's ask at damianandrews.com and we'll cover it off on the show. All right, let's have a quick break and we'll be back after that break. I wanted to create something special for the people who subscribe to the Growing Revenue and Profit newsletter. So there are hidden pages at damianandrews.com These pages contain exclusive material which will help you grow your revenue and profit, and it's simple to access. All you need to do is subscribe to the Grow Revenue and Profit newsletter. Each newsletter contains a link to these hidden pages. There are no passwords needed. Simply sign up for the newsletter at damianandrews.com and you can join our community. Hello and welcome back. And now we get to the, the main part of the show. Where we're going to talk about how to be consistent. Um, consistent as we, we talk about consistency is a fundamental requirement for lasting success. And to be consistent, you really need to have specific goals and be focused on those goals. And that's outside the, of this podcast. And there's certainly, there's a lot of materials on my website that will, will help you set goals. And we have a number of programs around that. Um, but you really need to have those goals set because that sets that focus, the consistency. Um, you need to, you know, what you want, you know, what goals do you want for your life personally, for your health? I mean, goals you should set for personal goals, set them around your economics, um, set them around your personal. So this is what friends, what you want to learn, how you're going to give back and toys and fun. Keep it simple. Economic, personal and toys and fun. And set the goals around that. Uh, and there's a whole program I've got uh, and a workbook. If you email me, I can I'll send it to you for free as to how to um, how how to make your set up your goals so that your your goals are actually attracted to you. Um, so that that that's there if you'd like that. But you need to have your goals set first. Um, so the first thing that we want to do in being consistent is to implement consistent uh, practices. So we need to behave in a way that creates this consistency. And, and as we talked about, you need to set specific goals. You need to, to focus on that. And they, they need to be goals that you can, can do as well. And one of the things that uh, I would suggest that you do in being consistent is, this is what I do, is before I go to bed at night, I've got on my, my phone and my computer, I use the notes app and I have a little thing to do today. And I write out for the next day what I'm going to do. And so this is a consistent action that I do. I write out these are the things I'm gonna do the next day. And this is not a massive list. This is only the things that I know I will get done tomorrow. And I write that out. And then I work through that list. Um, and I get huge amount done. But the, the, that list is based on my overall uh, bigger goals that I want to achieve. So I have big goals. I break that down into what I'm gonna do the next day only what you're gonna do the next day, because you tick that list off and you start to feel really great about yourself. Um, You need to create a schedule for yourself and that's where, my schedule's a little bit loose in that regard. Some people like to have a really detailed schedule and that that can work and it certainly is very helpful. uh, said from my perspective my schedule is built around these are the tasks I need to do so I, I I have my list of to do for the day and I start with that start of that list and as I'm working through sometimes I can work for you know three four hours straight and not have a break other times I'll need to break it up a little bit more so I, I, that's I know that's how I operate and I work with that. Other people would like something a little bit more regimented, where you go, okay, I'm going to work for forty-five minutes, have a ten-minute break. I'm going to work for um, another forty-five minutes, have a ten-minute break. That kind of thing. So, but you need to create a schedule for yourself, and you can do that, you know, either with Outlook or you know, um, you can create a planner. Uh, there's a number of different ways to do that. So, create that schedule for yourself and follow it. Whatever works from your uh, perspective in that regard. Um, you need to also set up the little reminders. Now, you if you're getting new to creating this consistency, I mean, I, I have those reminders through the unconscious um, programs that I, I use, so they have little reminders, basically that pop into my head um, automatically to to keep me focused. And this is part of attracting your goals too. You have these little switches that that um, can flick on, and and all of a sudden your your focus when you're thinking of sitting and watching Netflix. I I might do that. I go starting to go. Oh, I like to do that, and all of a sudden something will switch in my mind and go. No, this is what I choose, and I'll and I'll go towards my action and then my reminders that I've set ups and that that just happens automatically but if you're not um, haven't learnt those skills yet it can be useful to set reminders write something on your mirror um, in the morning where you brush your teeth Uh, have a little note there to, to remind you of what are the important things that you want to focus on and this is where it's important to keep them highly focused not not choose hundreds of different things to do because you're just not going to be able to do it. You can't be consistent trying to do hundreds of different things. So set these little reminders for yourself somewhere in areas that are visible that remind you what's important now. And that way you get that consistent, like from you know, using Stephen King as an example again. You might write a reminder. 2000 words today, there might be a little note that's next to your bed when you wake up. All right. I'm writing 2000 words today on your mirror um, where you make your breakfast or eat your breakfast. These little reminders that this is what's important that'll create that focus for you. Um, the other thing is to again, like I said before, my my daily list is things that I can do. And this is really important from being consistent is you need to be successful. You need to set yourself up to be successful. So when I'm making my daily list, if I know I'm not gonna get it finished on that day, it doesn't go on my list. I might break a task down into parts. So I'm gonna do part of this today, but I don't start it. I don't put it on my list. Um, because if I if I start making promises that I can't keep, all of a sudden, you, know, you start losing motivation, you, you don't do things very well. Uh, and, and that was something that I, I learned some time ago was to make sure that you know if I'm going to make a list of things I'm going to do, um, they need to be things that I can do and get done. And that builds that confidence in yourself. It gives you that motivation when you achieve these things. Like for my day, I feel great every day because I'll, I'll go through my list and I'll finish something because I'll work only on that that task, whatever that next task is on my list. I'll work through that. I feel good because I'm working. And as I'm getting close to the end of it, I start to feel really good. And what that is, is dopamine and serotonin in my body starting to to feel good. But it, it motivates me when I start to think about my list. I, you start to get that surge of dopamine and serotonin in your body. So you feel good about doing it, so. It motivates you. And this is where it's really important to make promises to yourself that you can keep. Because that, that helps that process of making yourself feel really good, and um, which leads into the next point is to reward yourself. You know, when you do something well, let yourself know that you've done it well. And even if it's a, I mean, let's say you're trying to break a bad habit. Let's say you're a smoker, and I've been a smoker in my life. Um, and let's say you want to want to stop smoking. Um, if you have a smoke, let's say. And then you say, No, I'm going to, you know, you might say you have a smoke because you, you're, you're stressed out or whatever. And so I, I relate to this. There'd be times there where I was, you know, I hadn't smoked for ages and then something happens and I was stressed out. And so I'd grab a smoke and have that. And then I'd realize, hang on a minute, my goal is to be healthy. So what I did was I, um, I stopped smoking, I broke it in half, even though it hadn't finished, and I threw it away. And I congratulated myself for doing that. So you start to feel good. So you've got to reward yourself for those things that you do well, because that creates, um, makes you feel good. And your brain is much more effective when it feels good about itself. So do things in a way that you give yourself rewards to make yourself feel good. And that's how you can create that consistency. When When you do something, and I mean, if you if you're learning this process and you're not doing things well, oh, that's okay. Um, you know, when you do do it, give yourself a big reward because that will encourage you to do it more and it become more you'll become more consistent in doing that. So. And this leads into, you know, that, that's how you set yourself up for consistency. Now you want to maintain it. And this is where we was talking about. You want to make sure that when you do make mistakes, um, you know, you you don't beat yourself up, make yourself feel good. I mean, this is going to happen. This is part of that. There will be days where you don't perform very well. And, And this is why from my perspective, like being consistent in exercise, I don't say I'm going to exercise every day because sometimes things happen and you just don't. And so you've broken a promise and you start to feel bad and you go through this routine of not exercising. So what I say is I'm going to exercise most days. And I schedule it in, and, and if something comes up where I don't do it, then I haven't failed, but i've I've scheduled my my routine in uh, and I mentioned before I still do my my you know my six to seven minute core strength exercise routine It's not hard um but it keeps me in really really good physical shape. And it's it's a simple thing. I get up in the morning and I, I jump on the floor and I do the, the different exercises. And if you want the exercise routine, just email me, ask at DamienAndrews.com and I'll, I'll flick that across. It's a very simple exercise routine, but it works because it's consistent and it works because there's been times where I've made mistakes and I've, I've got distracted and I haven't done it for a period of time. Then I remind myself, OK, actually, my goal is to stay healthy. Let's do that. And all of a sudden I feel good about it and I do that. So allow for those mistakes um make sure you know from an energy perspective i mean being consistent is about having the energy have time to balance i mean uh in in preparing for this particular podcast i mean i had, had you know last night i was up till i had a power surge and i worked till about 12:30 a.m. um then when i woke up this morning i think i woke up about 5 5:30 I was laying in bed and I just had all these ideas to do with a, um, for a client that I needed to do. And, and I just I woke up and I just jumped out of bed and I started working on that. Um, and then I get to now when I'm recording this podcast or when I was planning to record the podcast, and I was a bit tired. So what I do, I, I actually went back to bed and I, I set an alarm. I had a, a 45 minute power nap. Um, listening to some Ho Pono Pono music to, to relax and, and then I woke up and I and I feel you know, I feel pretty good. You know, and I'm able to record this podcast and, and sit here. And I do these podcasts in one take. So I'm not stopping and starting or anything like that. So I'm literally talking for an hour to you and because I've got the energy to do that. Um, because of how I've structured my day. So make sure you think about the energy in your day, um, structure that into your, your, um, your schedule as well. If you need to, if you need that rigidity, that's why I operate my schedule, the way I operate it. So I just have a listen and and I just make sure I work through each one of those tasks. Um, so have that energy. Uh, motivation again is a a really key important thing. So you want to use certain tools to motivate you. Now there's a whole bunch of stuff on, on. Um, our website, which will show you how to do that, how to be motivated, uh, how to create that focus using your reticular activating system so that you create that focus, create that drive to, to bring, um, to give you that motivation. If you're fighting using, um, you know, willpower, that kind of thing for motivation, you will run out. It will, you know, uh, I don't uh, Sorry about the pun there, but you will, if you're, if you're using willpower, willpower, um, It does. It's finite and it it requires effort. It means that you're struggling against that. But I mean, let's put it from another perspective. Have you ever had an experience where, you know, you've got these tasks to do and they're really difficult and you're not looking forward to it? Um, And you and you're really tired. So you've had a big day and then you've got these other tasks to do. And you, and, you know, obviously it's really hard to be motivated. Have you ever had a similar thing day where you've actually worked really, really hard and you, you get home and you're really tired and then someone calls on the phone and says, hey, we're going out. you want to come out and party with us? And all of a sudden you get all this energy and you go out and you party. on. So you were tired, but now you've got all this energy and go out and party. And this is where, you know, having that, that shift and, um, Accessing the ability to to have peak performance in those scenarios where, you know, when you need, some, need to do something, you find that energy. So having that motivation is really important. Uh, a key one is to take responsibility as well. So you really, you know, you have to hold yourself accountable. Uh, you know, this is really important to, and this is where uh, I was really harsh at the start of this podcast, because it's not hard to be successful it's the steps are quite easy you just need to be consistent and this is where you hold yourself accountable look at again my core strength exercise routine six to seven minutes that's not hard no Success isn't hard. You just need to do the right action. So hold yourself accountable. If you're not doing it, don't make an excuse. I, I have a no excuse policy. It's one of the things I implement in a lot of companies I work for. is no excuses. And if you're having a meeting and you didn't do something, it's not like why you didn't do it. That's irrelevant. You didn't do it. And it's the same um, when you're wanting to be consistent in your life. Don't make excuses as to why you're doing You either did it or you didn't. If you didn't do it, you didn't do it. Don't beat yourself up. Look forward and go, well, next time I'm going to do it. that's what you want to do but hold yourself accountable Um, so just try that from those perspectives and and run through that you know you really need to create that consistency if you're struggling in any area in your life um, it's probably you know if you haven't got the success that you want it's probably because you don't have that consistency because success is not really that hard. Firstly, I mean, you need to, I'll just run through these things again. Um, you, you have to have specific goals. You need to know where you're going. It's You can't be consistent unless you've got a direction you're going in. So you need to have the goals. You need to create a schedule for yourself, however you, you choose to do that. Um, if you know you need to remind yourself of what's important, you can either do that unconsciously uh, in your mind, and, and if you're not used to doing that, then then write notes all over the place just to remind yourself, this is my goal, this is what I'm working towards. Um, Make sure that you keep your promises, so you do what you say you're going to do. This is your your own personal motivation, you need to do that. Um, If you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up, focus on what you did do. If you make a mistake and correct it, congratulate yourself for correcting it. You know, make yourself feel good. Your brain operates, as I said, thirty-three percent more effective in a good mood. So make sure you keep yourself in a good mood. Balance yourself. Um, you know, energy is important. You know, it's don't rely on willpower, but certainly focus on you know balancing your energy. If you need to take a rest, if you need to, um, so you can do the things that are important. Um, and that's where that focus comes in, because if you're trying to do everything, you're really going to struggle. So. Um, don't try and do everything focus focus on specific goals Um, that way you can balance yourself you have the energy to get where you want to go and and you stay motivated Um, because you've got everything is is staying motivated is quite easy when you set things up to be motivated in doing things the right way and most of all take responsibility it's your your life um, it's your choice and and focus on that All right, so that's um, how to be uh, consistent. We're going to finish off today's show with our quote. And it comes from James Clear, which I didn't know who James is, but I'll get to that in a minute. He, He states, I accumulated small but consistent habits that ultimately led to results that were unimaginable when I started. I accumulated small but consistent habits that ultimately led to results that were unimaginable when I started from James Clear. Now, I said I didn't know who he was. I looked him up. Um, He's written a book called Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. And and I had a bit of a flip through the book. Uh, I haven't read in detail, but um, obviously it is a very successful book because it's got eight... 800 reviews on amazon of which 88 percent of them are five star and he uh, outlines um, the fundamentals as to why tiny changes make a big difference and that's what we're talking about with consistency it's those little actions that make you consistent um so our quote of the day being consistent I accumulated small but consistent habits that ultimately led to results that were unimaginable when I started. I think that really sums up today's podcast about being consistent. If you do things consistently, do this, those actions that lead to results, the results will be quite unimaginable. You, it's amazing what you will achieve by being consistent in your behaviors. Um, So, That wraps up today's show. Hopefully that's been helpful for you. It's been a pleasure here to be with you. And if you do have a question about growing your revenue or profit, email me at ask at damianandrews.com. So that's ask at damianandrews.com. Always remember the fundamental keys. Choose what you want. Number one, identify the high impact task to get it. Number two, number three is do the high impact tasks first. And number four, face and overcome your supreme ordeal. If you want something to change, you need to evolve and move forward. And remember, within you, you have unlimited potential to change the world for the better. Look forward to catching you up with you next time. I'm Damien Andrews. As always, sliding elephants through eyes of needles.